And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal, and we are back in the Intermount Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode of Upon Further Review, brought to you by the good people at Coors Light. And uh, let's be honest... Big week coming up here for your Las Vegas Raiders as we record on a Thursday morning. A big week for a variety of reasons. And reason number one at the top of that list is the Raiders need a win. Just one. We just need a win. And before we get into it, before we we get into the meat of the show, and we do have a great show today, in just a little bit we're going to play our interview with Dylan Parham, the rookie offensive lineman. He goes, he can play left guard, he can play right guard. We've seen him playing center the past couple weeks with Andre James down. A man who can do it all. Uh, A really nice guy, a really interesting dude, and I think you guys are going to enjoy the conversation that we had, and we recorded that yesterday, so we'll roll that in just a few minutes. But as I said at the top, Big week for the Las Vegas Raiders, a week that I think we're going to learn a lot about this 2022 crew, about what they are made of, about the uh, the kind of sense of purpose that they feel, about what needs to be better, about how they're going to adjust that, all that good stuff, right? And we'll get to it in a few minutes. But before we do that, we begin as we always do, since daddy's got some bills to pay, with our transactions brought to you by Shift 4 Payments. So, Got a handful of transactions this week. Dave Ziegler and company been busy, busy, busy on that roster. So since the last time that you and I hung out, these are the following moves that the Raiders have made. On September 23rd, the Silver and Black signed cornerback Javelin Guidry to the practice squad and released guard Jordan Meredith from the practice squad. The very next day on September 24th, they activated guard Alex Bars and safety Matias Farley from the practice squad. And then on 926, coincidentally my birthday, uh, Mr. Bars and Farley, the aforementioned, reverted back to the practice squad. As you guys have noticed, this has been a bit of a theme for your Las Vegas Raiders in 2022. Uh, and then finally, our last transaction of the week on Tuesday, that would be 927 for those of you keeping track at home. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders signed defensive back Darren Evans to the practice squad, released defensive back J.K. Reed from the practice squad. So, a lot of things going on, a lot of movement on the roster, a lot of things happening, and that is to be expected at this time of the year, right? We are now into week four. We are kind of getting closer and closer and closer to the meat of the 2022 regular season, and as crazy as it is, Raiders got two more games and then the bye. So they got the Denver Broncos this upcoming Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. I hope to see you all there. And then the following week, Monday Night Football, heading out to Arrowhead to take on Pat Daddy and the, uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Then after that, the bye. And it is incredible to me, and I, and I say this every year, it is incredible to me how fast the season goes. It feels like we were in training camp two days ago, and now we have two more games before the bye, a much-needed bye, and I, I say this also every year. Whenever the bye comes, whether it's week four, whether it's week 13, 
you're ready for it. It comes at the perfect time, and I think that will be the case for the 2022 Las Vegas Raiders. And as we said at the top, before we look ahead, <clears throat> excuse me, look ahead to Russell Wilson and the Broncos and all that, this is a big week for your Las Vegas Raiders, right? We can call a spade a spade. There is only one team that is 0-3 in the NFL right now, and that is the Raiders, right? And that's not throwing shade. That's not, uh, you know, saying anything that is a secret. That's living in reality. The Raiders are 0-3, but I think it is important to remember, right, that the talent on this team, what we have seen from the Raiders in 2022, there is an alternate reality that is not too far away from the one that we're living in right now, where the Raiders are 3-0 and or 2-1. and And I do have to kind of stop myself a little bit because I'm a big believer that, you know, the moral victories don't mean anything. Woulda, coulda, shoulda in the NFL doesn't mean a whole lot. You have 17 opportunities, and you have to make the most of those seven opp- 17 opportunities. My point is this, though. And we heard this from Derek Carr, we've heard this from Coach McDaniels, we've heard this from a bunch of players, that the Raiders aren't far off. And I will, I will give the disclaimer that I know that's not what the fans want to hear right now. I get that. I completely understand that when you pull up the, uh, the AFC West rankings on your phone, when you're talking to your friends at the office, on, you know, in the group chat, whatever it is, the reality is this, the Raiders are 0-3. But I just caution a little bit of... I don't know if if relaxation is the word. I just caution a bit of patience. I think that's what I caution. I encourage a little bit of patience. It is a long season. The Raiders have a lot of opportunities left to go and show who they are. They do. And through three weeks, we have seen bits and spurts of who this team can be. Now, I think objectively speaking, and, and I know I'm preaching the choir to everyone who listens to this pod, and we thank you for that. The Raiders got to, got to put together 60 minutes. They've played a couple good halves. The first half against the Titans was not good. The second half against the Titans was a whole lot better. The first half against the Chargers was not so good. The second half was a lot better. And we look to the Cardinals game. The first half was great. Couldn't have been any better. And the second half was not so good. So I think... We see the talent. We see the Devontae Adamses. We see the Derek Cars. We see Max Crosby, who's had a fantastic start to 2022. We see Mac Hollins, who I think deserves a ton of credit for his, his start to 2022. You see the talent, the offensive line. And yes, I know there's been a, a handful of, of iterations of that offensive line. But it feels like that group, it feels like the big fellas up front are getting closer. And look, I know the Raiders didn't win the game on, on Sunday afternoon, but the offensive line is not the reason why. So it feels like things are rounding into form. And I know that it's, it's a hard message to preach, and I know that it's not necessarily what the fans want to hear when we're sitting at 0-3, but I think that's just reality, right? New system, new coaching staff, new front office, new way of doing things. It wasn't built overnight, right? Championship contenders, teams that do it at a high level consistently, doesn't happen overnight. And like I said, I fully understand that frustration. I do. I fully get it. But like I said, I encourage just a little bit of patience. Let's relax. Let's look at the big picture here. But at the end of the day, the Raiders need a W. That is what they need, and that is what we, we, we will be hoping for this Sunday when the Silver and Black return to Allegiant Stadium to take on Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. A Broncos team 
before we get to our conversation with Dylan Parm real quick, a Broncos team that is a bit of a conundrum in the NFL right now. Sitting at 2-1-1, and one, but you look at their three games and you're like, I, I don't know. Now, the benefit of having the early kickoff last Sunday in Tennessee is that we got to watch Sunday Night Football, which typically is a positive. Like, that's something I like to do when, when the schedule permits. But boy, oh boy, that was a, oof. That was a tough game. Tough game to watch on Sunday. Niners, Broncos. But give, but give Russ and the Broncos credit, man, because they needed to put together one drive to, to secure a victory, and that's exactly what they did. And it wasn't pretty. I mean, you heard Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico talking about it. Like, I, there were a couple times throughout the game where Collinsworth just goes, eh, I don't, I don't have much on that one. And it was an ugly game, right? But I think good teams find ways to win ugly, right? And I think the Broncos, <laughs> Broncos certainly fall into that category right now, where the way, the way they are winning football games is not pretty. It is not going to go in the Louvre of, of football one day. But they're winning. They're 2-1. and one. They're coming into Vegas. Russ's first trip to, uh, to Vegas as a Bronco. And it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Two teams that really need a win. Two teams that want to start getting this thing on track in a positive direction. And it's going to be exciting. It really is. And I just, I'm excited to see, as I said at the top, how the Raiders respond. We heard from Derek Carr yesterday. And he said, hey, yesterday's practice, so yesterday meaning Wednesday, he goes, this was a good practice. Guys came in with the right mindset. Guys came in with a commitment to doing it the right way. And if your quarterback, if your franchise quarterback says, hey, look, we had a good day at work when we needed to have a good day at work, that has to give you some level of, of confidence going into Sunday. It really does. Because, look, we know a lot of things about Derek Carr, and, and Derek Carr is, is not one to, to kind of flub the truth, right? Like, Derek's going to tell you what's up. And if DC's sitting at that podium on a, Sunday, excuse me, on a Sunday, on a Wednesday afternoon, he goes, no, this was a good practice. You better believe it was a good practice. So I'm excited to see how the Raiders respond. And let's not make, you know, like I said, we can be, we can be objective about this. The Raiders have not, not had the start to 2022 that I think they all anticipated they were all hoping for. I don't think there's anyone in the NFL who's like, oh, let's start the season 0-3 and, and see what happens. No, 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 no. The Raiders are, had to come back to work on Monday. They had to regroup. They had to reset. They had to understand that, hey, this is not how we wanted it to begin, but this is how it began. What do we do now? How do we put our best foot forward? How do we fix the things that need fixing? Because look, and I, I said it, and you guys, have, or I'm sure you're sick of hearing it. We have seen it for stretches. We 100% have. We have seen really good halves of football. And not to bring our PTSD back into this, but man, that, that first half at a Legion a few weeks ago against the, against the Cardinals, what more could you have wanted in a first half? Defense balling out. Run game doing its thing. Offense looking in sync. Offensive line holding up. It was a good half of football. Take the jerseys out of it. Take the teams out of it. Take the helmets away. That was a good half of football. That's who the Raiders can be. Now, they just need to do it for 60 minutes. And I know that's a, you know, it's easier said than done. I totally get that. But if the Raiders can put together a full 60, it's going to be a good thing to see. It's going to be fantastic to see. And I think that it will make all of us, all the fan base, it'll make everyone in Raider Nation feel a lot better 
going in to a really, really tough place to play at Arrow, in Arrowhead Stadium. So we'll talk a little bit more about the, uh, the Broncos here in a sec, but we do want to get to our interview with Dylan Parham. And Dylan Parham, great young fellow right there. I will say it did make me feel incredibly old that he referred to me as Sir numerous times, both on and off the air. So shout out to Dylan's parents for raising a very respectful young man, a very talented young man. But I'm not that old. Let me get a little gray around the temples, but I'm not that old. I'm not a sir yet, am I? Gosh. I'd like to think I'm not a sir. I'd like to think I'm still, you know, in my heart, I can still run with the, uh, I can still run with the wild steeds. I can still do it. I'm getting a little bit older, but I'm not old yet, Dylan Parham. Anyways, great conversation with Dylan. Super nice dude. Good to see him in the lab. And for those of you who do watch our interview on YouTube, uh, he shows off the tape job, man. I appreciated that. He's a ball player. Came in fully taped up straight off the practice field. You love to see it from your big fellas up front. So enjoy our conversation with the very respectful Dylan Parham. Dylan, before we get rolling, man, I got to compliment you that you were the first guy that's coming to the studio fully taped up, right? <laughs> so you you didn't fake it. Like, you came straight off the practice field, and we appreciate you coming to hang out with us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was just like, uh, I knew we were on a time crunch, so I was just like, let me go ahead and get my little shake in and then head straight there. So. Look at you. And look, see, this is how you be a professional, right? You respect the schedule. I got things to do. I'm gonna not, I'm just not even going to bother cutting the tape off. I'm going to go up and do my, do my media stuff for the day. We appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. No problem. Uh, I'm curious for you now, as we get ready for week four, which is crazy enough that we're already into practically early October. But yeah. for, for Dylan Parham, the rookie, three games, three starts. And, you know, I don't know if that was necessarily your vision, your plan coming in, but I imagine that getting these early rep, get, reps, getting this early run has just going to be super beneficial for you. Yes, yeah, so just uh, being able to see the actual game speed because even from the preseason to now, it's just like it's just going to move a little bit faster. And so for me, just having those opportunities to get those reps, to see those different defenses, different fronts, I was just like the way that they're communicating, talking out there, it's just like just being able to feel that speed and then be able to adjust. It's definitely been able to help me the past three weeks. And so just taking it day by day and then continuing to uh, get out there and see different fronts and different defenses as we continue to move forward is going to continue to help. You know, and it's not like you were just getting reps. You're getting reps in a variety of positions, right? And I think that's one thing that Dave and Josh talked about they really liked about you coming out in the draft process is you had the ability to be a dude that was versatile, that could play multiple spots. But to see it in practice this yeah. early, I mean, like, do you have to pinch with like, man, it has been a crazy month to my first NFL season? Uh I'll say, I'll say that uh, it has been a little crazy for me. And so just um, each and every day for me, I come in having the mindset to be able to just learn each of those positions. So uh, at the beginning of the week, each week, I just go in the mindset that I can play any of those positions uh, when it comes down to it on Sunday. And so uh, I'll have the mindset of left guard. I'll be going through each and every play. And then for center, I'll make sure that I have each call ready so that if I had to be vocal out there uh, during that week, and I'm ready for that. And then at right guard, I'm just happening to flip everything from left to right. And so just making sure I go through as many times and repeat it in my head and then watching film and then flipping it in my head as many times as I can so that when I go out there uh, for practice, because I'm going to flip it practice as well, it's just like I'm making sure that it's fluent. Is it hard for a rookie, a guy, a guy who's really young in his career, to have to be vocal as the center sometimes? Uh, I don't think so. Is it I feel a challenge, like, maybe? I would say um, – I would say uh, during those away games, it's a little bit different. Yeah. I was just like, uh, just for this past game, uh, playing in Tennessee, 
uh, it gets it gets loud uh, on the road, and so it's just like just being a little bit more loud, a little bit more vocal, and then over communicating because I was just like, especially with being on different cadences, it's just like I had to make sure that I communicate before I'm getting my legs between my head and just uh, getting ready to snap the ball. It's just like it's, I, I'm not gonna say it's extremely tough, but it's just it, it does uh, prove to be a challenge. And so just make sure to over communicate and then be ready for those road games. Uh, it's the biggest thing for center for me. At this point, you know, it must have been nice though. You talk about that that first start to have it at home, though, right? To, yeah. to have it against you know the Cardinals at home in the friendly confines of Legion Stadium, because I imagine that's a big change from being at home, being where the fans know to be quiet, to kind of respect yeah. when the offense is at work, and then you fast forward a week and things yeah. are going crazy in Tennessee, and you're not getting that same respect, <laughs> man. Yeah, I was just like it was, and I was very thankful to have the opportunity to be able to start uh, against the Cardinals, and so it was just obviously a different transition. But to have that week one, I'm not gonna say it was a little bit slower, but it was just like for me, it helped ease me into mm-hmm. it because just like um, we did have the comfortability of the fans and them working with us. And so going from that and then being able to hear the cadence, being able to call and talk and be able to get the guys on the right track, it's just like, okay, well, I had the taste of playing center in the league and it was a little bit easier for me just being able to communicate. And so now it's like next week, it's just like, okay, this is just going to be the little difference that you have to make uh, at the position. How much does it help having Derek under center, just a dude who's been in the league for almost a decade, who's seen everything, who's experienced almost any type of scenario that you could throw at him? I imagine for a dude in your position, it's be like, all right, like I know it's crazy, but at least I got four behind me to kind of help me out when I need it. Yeah, like uh, I'm going to joke about it, but uh, even in the game uh, this past week, he was just like, hey, uh, we're here. And I look back and I'm like, all right, we're good. Like, he'll make it so simple for me. So it's just like just having a vocal quarterback who's just making sure that he has the guys on the right track. And obviously, uh, to protect him at a high level, we need to be able to understand and be on the same page. But he makes it so simple. It's like, okay, we're going here. I want you to go here. It's just that simple. So it's just like, okay, that's where we're going. So he just puts us on the right track a lot of times, especially when we're trying to move fast and we're playing with a little bit of speed. He just makes it so easy just communicating, okay, this is where the mic is. This is where the point is this play. All right, this is where we're supposed to be this play. It's just like, okay, now for me, it helps me play fast because I know that he's comfortable he trusts what he's doing I know he knows what he's talking about and so uh, once he gives that point it's just like okay we're boom 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 now we're off time to rock yeah, time to go do this easy. for real yes, uh, speaking of time to rock week four coming up now Broncos coming to town and, and the Broncos so much it gets made about what they can do defensively for a good reason a really yeah. talented group but I'm curious for a guy in your position a dude who moves all around the interior of the line we hear so much about their edge rushers right but for a guy in the middle of the line like how cognizant do you have to be of those dudes coming off the edge uh, they definitely prove to uh, have a lot of different things they can do. Um, they have load fronts. Uh, they do bring some of their edge guys, even inside sometimes, and they'll be lined up at three or a wide four. Iron. So it's just like uh, there are going to be times where I'm going to have to see those edge guys. And so it's just like, okay, well, what do they like to present in this front? What are, what are the type of moves that they like to use? And then from there, just uh, trying to see how many times, see how many different rushes they bring uh, out of those tighter uh, formations. So it's just like for me, um, I like to study them a little bit because obviously I'm not going to have the same amount of reps against them as those tackles are. But it's just like there are going to be opportunities where I'm going to have to go against those guys. So just making sure that I see their rushes so that when it does come down to they move inside a little bit, that I have the opportunity to be able to play at a high level. You know, what do you think? And this might be a question that to ask you in like 10 years or 20 years, right, when you're done playing offensive line in the NFL. But what do you think like the biggest difference is between just the guys coming off the edge and then some of those like interior type dudes, like the Aaron Donald types of guys? Like, what do you think is like the biggest difference between the edge guys and the guys coming up the middle? I would say, truthfully, how fast uh, they are on you in the interior. Like mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, he can be on you like right now. Yeah. Like, he, he closes that space quick and he can get on your edge immediately versus like the boats, they try to bend the edge, they'll get up on you. And it's just like 
a lot of times, especially when they say a tackle, it's like you're on an island. So it's just like you have a lot of space out there. So it's just like what can get you a tackle is you throw too early with your punch and you miss. It's just like it's so much space that uh, you really don't have, like, you have time to sort of recover, but it's just like it takes time to throw. So it's just like you sort of settling and waiting and waiting. And if you let them get into your chest, it's just like they can collapse the pockets. It's like a lot of stuff can happen out there. But when you're at guard, it's just like if you miss right now, that's almost immediate penetration. Like they're already on the quarterback. So it's just like uh, we try to stay inside out and just make them uh, rush the long way around because if you lose inside immediately, it's just like that's um, automatic pressure. It's going to be a disastrous play. What is it? What does it feel like being in the interior of an offensive line? Like just hearing you describe it, and I was like, "Dude, that sounds terrifying." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just like, "This, this has been uh, something new to me as well." Obviously, I've been playing this position uh, fairly new. I started, I moved to the position of offensive line in 2018, so I'm still learning as well. But it's just like for me, uh, those are that's where the beefier guys gonna be. At. You're gonna see the big D tackles and big nose tackles, and so it's just like for me, uh, just making sure that I get my feet in the ground immediately, uh, playing with tight hands and. Uh, just making sure that uh, I close the space because that's the biggest thing. It's just like everything's going to move so fast uh, in the inside. And so it's just like just make sure you close the space, get your hands on people, and uh, just studying film. I would say that helps you play a little bit faster as well. Um, just being able to see like, okay, this is what they may do when they have this front. And so it's just like just having that little step ahead, it's just like helps you play a little bit better, a little bit faster. Do you think that you've changed the way that you watch and dissect and analyze film com- You know, this year compared to how you did in college? Or, or is the process pretty, yeah. pretty the same? Um, most definitely. It's just like in college, um, it's just like there are a lot of good players, but it's just like, here, everybody's good. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to watch the backup backup because it's just like everybody's going to be able to play at a high level. And so for me, just trying to see tendencies, like, okay, well, maybe if he leans a little bit more and he's a little bit heavier on his hand, this is what he's going to play in versus when he gets a little bit wider as a three-tech, it's like, okay, they need to be alert for twist games. And so it's just like, for me, it's more so like tendencies now because every player is going to be good. Every player is going to be powerful. Every player is going to be quick. And so it's just like, okay, well, what are those little things that he can help tricking me so that I can be more alert to be able to stop him on this play? You know, speaking of your speaking of college, before I let you out of here, those Memphis Tigers, man, they're a nice little start to twenty twenty two. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're doing well, man. I'm proud of them. Uh, I try to check on my boys when I do have an opportunity. Uh, offense line, man, the chain gang. I was like, I still mess with those guys real heavy. So I'm very happy that they're having a successful season. And uh, Lawrence Will, I was like. I want to be able to go see them boys at some point, but I was like, I'm happy they're doing their thing. Yeah, man, you never know. Bye weeks coming up, yeah. and you know, there's, there will be opportunities. Yeah, I was like, I might make an appearance, so, but yeah. you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep them on their toes, right? Yes, Keep them on their toes. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming up, and we can show off the uh, the hands fully oh, yeah. taped, ready to go. Yes, sir. Uh, being, being a good rookie, being a good pro, understanding, hey, I'm going to stick to the schedule today. I'm going to get up there. Yes, I'm going to do my thing. And we're, we got to make sure we get you back down in time. But I don't want you to be late. I don't oh, want no, Coach we'll to get good. mad at me. We'll be good. That's the last thing I need right now. So, yes, hey, man, good luck on Sunday. It was so great to catch up with you again. We'll talk to you, you soon. All right, bro? Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yeah, have a good one. And a big thank you to Dylan Parham for coming to hang out. And like I said, man, that was a first for us here in the uh, in the pod studio at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. A guy coming in in the practice tape. I love it. You love the grittiness. Dude's just a ball player. And uh, I'm excited to see him and the rest of the offensive line go out there and do their thing Sunday afternoon at Allegiant Stadium. And they're going to have their hands full, man, because the Broncos' defense is no joke. We heard from Derek Carr yesterday talking about the edge rushers that seem to just cycle through through Denver from Von Miller to uh, the guys they got now. I mean, it's just it seems like every single year the Broncos could have whatever in the world going on. And they're going to have a few dudes that can get after the quarterback. So a tough, tough, tough task for the offensive line. And it'll be a really good game 
an important game for a variety of reasons for the 2022 Las Vegas Raiders. So to kind of wrap this thing up, as we typically do during the regular season anyways, we return to the Raiders will win if. And I was thinking about this this morning. What is a key to victory, per se? And of course, there's the obvious play a full 60 minutes, blah, 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 blah. I think we, we, can all, we can all agree. If the Raiders can put together four quarters, I like their chances. They put together two quarters, uh, not so much. But for me, this is what it's going to come down to this week. Can the Raiders win the red zone? We were talking to our friend Will Compton on Sunday afternoon on the fifth quarter, shameless plug alert, and he was saying, look, through, and it was that point, it was three games. He goes, through three games, it has become clear. The Raiders can move the ball. Moving the ball is not the issue. He goes from 20 to 20. I mean, they can move that thing. They're effective, they're dynamic, they're multiple, they can do a lot of stuff. But he goes, for him, it's the situational football. And I love the cash money man, Daniel Carlson. Friend of the program, one of the best kickers in the NFL. Dude to stud. But I want him kicking extra points this week. No field goals, strictly extra points. And so when you look at what the Raiders did in the red zone last week against Tennessee, I mean, really, that, that is kind of the tale of the, the tale of the tape, the tale of the game. When the Titans had opportunities in the red zone, they had three of them. They scored three touchdowns. That'll do. The Raiders had more trips to the red zone than the Titans did, but could not take as they were not as efficient at putting up touchdowns as Tennessee was. So we return home this week, and I fully anticipate. And look, let's not get it twisted. The, this Broncos defense is good. I know the edge rusher, the edge rushers get a lot of uh, attention as they should, but that defense, top to bottom, that is a good defense. That is a no joke defense. So if the Raiders can move the ball, as I anticipate they will. We need to have them finish those drives. Because, and I, and I say this with all due respect, if you watch that Sunday night game, Broncos-Niners, if you watch that, what you saw on the offensive side of the football probably doesn't scare you all that much. Now, let's be honest. Russell Wilson is still a machine. Russell Wilson is still an elite quarterback in the NFL. So if the, if the you know, situation arises, Russ is still very capable of putting a team on his back and saying, hey, let's go down there and put some points on the board. But as I look at the stats here now, the Broncos are ranked last in red zone efficiency, red zone offense. Last, number 32. They are currently scoring touchdowns on 14.3% of their trips to the red zone. I'm looking at Ray right now, and he's, he's shaking his head. 14.3% of the Broncos' trips to the red zone end in touchdowns. Last in the NFL. So if the Raiders, if Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, the offensive line, Devontae Adams, if they can take advantage of their trips to the red zone, if they can put up, stev- excuse me, put up seven instead of three, I like the Raiders' chances. Now, as I said, no easy task against a really, really, really good Broncos defense. Really good Broncos defense. In fact, a Raider, excuse me, a Broncos defense that ranks third in the NFL. They're a top five defense. They are legit. Legit, legit, legit. But the Raiders have all the talent. They have every opportunity. They're going to get their chances to put up touchdowns. Let's see if they can do it. 
And not to oversimplify it, but I think that is really where this game is going to be won. In the red zone. Touchdowns, not field goals. Let's do it. For all of you that have Daniel Carlson on your fantasy team, I apologize. Let's bench him for a week. Let's stick to the extra points. I'm not a big fantasy guy, but I have to imagine that uh, that the field goals are worth more than the extra points. Is that is that right, Ray? I'm getting a thumbs up from Ray. Yep. Put him on the bench this week. Touchdowns only. Hashtag tutties only. That's what we want this week. And uh, and if the Raiders can do that, as I said, I really like their chances. So before we get out of here, our final piece of business, as it were, for the week. Time to crack an ice cold bruchacho and hit the dusty trail. So this week. Oh, it brings me such happiness. This week, I'm cracking a cold one for our, and I say our, UNLV Rebels, who just keep winning football games. That's all they do. Keep winning football games, uh, sitting at the top of the Mountain West. My man Nick Holtz is just working magic on that offense, and I love to see it. You, oh, It fills me with such happiness that the Rebs are doing their thing. And the Rebs are going to be playing tomorrow night, at Allegiant Stadium. Kickoff is scheduled for 8 o'clock p.m. They're going to be taking on the New Mexico Lobos. And man, let's go, guys. It has been really, really cool for me. And now look, I'm a big college ball guy. I love it. College football is my sweet spot, baby. It is so much fun. I love the weirdness, the craziness, the pageantry, all of it. And it warms my heart that Las Vegas has has a pretty good college football team playing football right now. And that makes me very happy. So good luck to the Rebs this up, or not even this weekend. Good re- good luck to the Rebs tonight. And I will say on my way out, I do have one bit of a small issue with Friday night's game. This game's kicking off at 8 o'clock p.m. I'm going to catch the first quarter and I'm going to be asleep. 8 p.m., guys? I know it's Vegas, but my God. we you sleepy guys. A long week? You've got a lot going on here in the studio, and you're going to make me stay up till 11.30 for this game? Come on. Come on, guys. Give my Rebs the primetime treatment. Can we do that? Can we get the Rebs in primetime? Or at least a more appropriate time so I can watch a full game? But I digress. Good luck to the entire uh, UNLV program, and, uh, and I hope that when I wake up on Saturday morning that the Rebs are 4-1. Nothing would make me happier. So, on that note... Uh, a big thank you to our guest this week, Dylan Barham. Shout out to our PR staff for facilitating that once again. So, Freddie Pascal, our guest Dylan Parham, my man Ray on the ones and twos, everyone back in the control room that has made this thing possible, that has kept us afloat for yet another week. We thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you guys next week, same time, same place, for our next episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app True Connect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of True Connect exclusively for Raider Nation.